the thing is the enemy is smart and they play the long game. And before you know it, holy smokes, you're you're up to your neck in like quicksand. You didn't even know what, what, what just happened. We're like, okay, we're trusting on God. We're going to make this thing happen. And that's it. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor. We've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. Do you ever ask yourself, uh, what's the worst thing that could happen if I fill in the blank? Yes, yes, I have. (laughs) I have asked myself that. (laughs) Why is that? Because I think there are times in life when God brings us an opportunity to make a significant change in something. And maybe that's in regards to career. And you don't make those changes because because why? Because you're comfortable. Stopping. You're stuck. Yeah, yeah. You like the predictability yeah. of, of how your life is going. You want certainty yes. because then it seems to feel like it'll be a lot easier. Well, the reality is that uh, on today's show, you're going to hear a story from Joe Sheraldo that is going to challenge you to break out of this place of, of fear and comfort and all those other things, the excuses you yeah, use. The fear of the unknown, right? Yeah. So that yeah. you don't end up uh, making a change. Instead, you end up stuck. And I think you're going to learn some things from Joe that is going to be very applicable to your own life. Like, how do I get unstuck? What do I need to really make this happen? What sort of conversations do I have to have with myself and with God and with others? So really listen closely to those kinds of lessons that you can pick up on to make the breakthrough in your life. Yes, because Joe Sheraldo is an incredible human being. He is a family man, a husband to Monica, father of two, and he is a friend to many, including Todd and myself, and someone who has been transformed by the renewal of his faith. You will see how he is just on fire for the Lord. It's so fun. But Joe is also a lieutenant in the fire department of New York, and more recently has become a kingdom entrepreneur. And with his wife, Monica, they are co-owners of Kingdom Education Center. Like that's way off the beaten path of being a fireman. So I believe his story is going to inspire you and encourage you to get out of your comfort zone and uh, get rolling. So enjoy. Welcome to your biggest breakthrough, Joe Sheraldo. We are so excited to have you on. Man, it is good to see you. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Always smile. Oh, wait a minute. Did you hear that? What, what sort of an accent is that? It's a little so, so East Coast Odian accent. <laughs> I don't think it's Minnesotian at all. Man, there's something about that New York accent. And I think that's why you guys get so much done. But just the way you talk. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> so it's not from the coffee. Oh, man. We've had the, uh, the honor and the privilege of knowing Joe and his wife, Monica, for Couple Probably years, couple years. Now. years yeah, so yeah. Joe and I had an opportunity to meet. We were actually in a little competition. You want to talk about that? You talk about it a lot on this show. He's very care. proud of it. What? Joe was on his team. Is this the part where I had to like pull you out of the water because <laughs> you were panicking, or is this? Oh no, this I is the part. Hey, I, I don't want to hear about any mouth to mouth anything. This is the, the part direction. where I had to kick you in the butt to keep you going. So <laughs> we, we, uh, so real briefly, we had this upgrade your human competition, and there were 
uh, how many guys on our team? There were five of us. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. There were five of us. Okay, so we were yeah. competing against eight other teams for first place. We had we to had, swim. Yeah, we had to climb a hill. We had to run. We had to carry a boat. We had to cheer each other on, and we were I don't know third or fourth place, and everybody kept cheering. Come on, you can do it! And wouldn't we get to the? We were second place. There's one event to go. It was a puzzle to solve, part of the mental game. And we're all sitting there like it is. I don't. Man, what, I don't what is this? And Joe, and Joe got it. Joe's, Joe's real quiet. And all of a sudden, he goes, "I got it. Get out of the way." He figures out the puzzle, and we beat the other team and came in first place. So, Joe, thank you. That's well, cool. thank you. It, take, it takes a village. <laughs> yes, it does. Hey, listen, village of idiots. I want to get. Totally kidding. You guys are all bright, and we had Justin Maina on the show too, and he was part of y'all's team, so that was super fun. Oh yeah. So listen, I want to get right to the heart of something here because in your bio we talked a little bit about your background and your wife Monica's background. By the way, part two of this, I hope it's going to be Monica, where we're one on one. We get her version of this whole story. The true version. The true version, right? <laughs> So here we go. After this is 20 years, you've had a career as a firefighter, which is amazing. That's a brutal career. And you've been in for 20 years. And now Monica, your wife, in the retail business for over 25 years. And for part of that career, she's an executive manager at Bloomingdale's. You both have got very satisfying, successful careers. And yet you make this crazy decision to start something that's more in line with your passion. And it's all about educating children, teaching them godly values. And the crazy thing is, this is completely outside your area of expertise. Neither of you had any experience in this, but you had a lot of passion. So now we look at the school, what is it, about six months to a year later. And it's succeeding. And it's succeeding. And I'll tell you what, that Valentine's Day will be yeah. one year. It'll be a year we'll be already. One year on our own. Fantastic. In, a, in an area completely unpredictable for you guys. And now God is blessing us and you're succeeding. So I, I have to ask this. Why do you think some people who they've got a dream or they've got a vision, they've got a passion and they know they're going to have to make a change to get there. Why do they seem so, why does it seem so difficult for them to pull it off? What stops them? It's that comfort zone, right? People don't like getting out of that, that comfortability. Hey, if I sit here, if I don't want to rock the boat or so it's, and it's always scary. And it was even scary for us. Like she was running retail. I'm a fireman. I run, she runs retail. I run into buildings. And the funniest part, like if you want to rewind, just how God, if you want to make God laugh, you tell him your plans. So we went from Monica, never wanted to get married, never wanted to move out to Long Island, never divorced. This is prior to her meeting me, of course, never wanted to have any kids. So now not only we're in Long Island, we're married. We have two kids, also a minivan. So she might not be any of that. Yeah, I totally convinced her. (laughs) <laughs> We're also running a school. It's, it's an education center that we call it. And uh, so we use the Montessori method, right? Which was developed by Maria Montessori in the early like 1900s, even like late 18, late 1800s. Yeah. So what we do is it's more of a hands-on training for children to like really explore. It's not your typical education, right? Like they have to answer to a bell. They get little 15 minute breaks because all that is primarily is prepping you for the workforce. Not to say the workforce is bad, but it also doesn't teach kids to like think outside the box. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it highlights their learning skills, correct? Correct. Kind of a child-led environment. And right. what we decided to do, especially with our faith has totally blossomed and grown, like we're like, well, why do we just have to leave it at education? Why don't we bring back godly values and principles? So we use the Montessori method with godly principles and we just intertwining them. It's going great. 
And isn't that what really fueled the fire was how the school system is currently and just the frustration with where the the public schools are headed and where they are currently and your own desire for having your two children in school of how do we get them educated in a godly way? Wasn't that kind of the fuel to the fire? Here I am telling the firemen a fuel to the fire, but wasn't that kind of the ammunition to to start this whole process? Yeah. So- Actually, it's funny because my lives are just bad. Obviously, when you don't think that I'm going to run a school and my career is going to take a different path, you're just, okay, got to get get a good area. Got to send my kids to a good public school over here out in Long Island. 20000 in taxes, you know what I mean? They better be, be going to a good school. Hmm. Then all of a sudden, COVID hit. And that, to me, was like the, a huge wake-up call. And on so many different levels, mm-hmm. because the virtual training, and these teachers are trying to do whatever it is that they could do. No one knew what was happening. Whether just watching how our kids just weren't driving with it, they weren't learning, they were regressing and everything. Once they started opening it, they were saying, oh, your kids can come back, but they got to have to wear masks. And I'm not depriving my child of their first experience of school, masks that having to create that six-foot yeah, social distancing. Yeah. And we could go back and forth. To me, I think it's a little stem. Actually, you could just tell how I feel about it. So we were like, no, we have to take this on our own. We were part of one co-op and we liked the way it was flowing and this and that. Our kids learned pretty well. And then that co-op went somewhere else. And we're like, why don't we do it? Why don't we take it on our own? And so it started February 14th, Valentine's Day of last year. My two kids in my living room. Okay. And our two kids, like the four kids, like the five kids. Next thing you know, this was even probably right around that time, Monica and myself, she found some woman on Facebook Marketplace who was selling classroom. We flew down. To the there, furniture? Or- selling like the, oh, I'm sorry, the classroom like materials. Uh-huh, uh-huh. One of the stories very hands-on. So it's all these sure. blocks and beads and all this other stuff. And uh, Monica supported me or a lot of decisions that I've done. She was like, all right, babe, we got to go. We got to go. And I was like, obviously thinking about, all right, I got to get who are these people we're going to on a whim. But something told me, all right, just Joe, this is where you just shut up and go. Listen to your wife and go. We flew down to Virginia, bought a classroom from this woman who was a blessing, a God-sent blessing. Her name is Miss Wana. She not only gave us all the materials, she gave us her like, it's like her Montessori Bible of how things should be run, which in itself is a lot of money. And we instantly had a great relationship, put it in a U-Haul, drove it all the way back up to New York, had no clue where I was going to put it, cleaned out my garage, threw all of it in the garage, and then we started in our basement. And then my basement got bigger and more kids. <laughs> and now we're at, a, a, at actually a school that's closed down. And we have four classrooms. We have- wow. 42 kids. Wow. Now we have 12 more on the waiting list for September and it just keeps coming. That is a big, huge move. And I, again, I'm just thinking like you guys, again, had no experience doing this whatsoever, but you had a yeah. desire, which was born out of a need, especially when COVID hit and you saw what the situation was like. And the two of you got together and decided we're going to get after this problem. But there are others who are listening, Joe, who have got something stirring inside of them but they're just afraid. They don't know, like, I, I just know what's the outcome going to be. And you guys didn't know the outcome either. It's a very unpredictable area. So what is it that drove you guys to keep on going? I know firefighters are tough, but setting up a school is even tougher. What, yes. what drove the two of you? What kept you going? What, 
What made sure that you weren't going to be stopped by obstacles or, or lack of knowledge? So it wasn't that we were going to be stopped by obstacles, right? It was 100% going to happen. What we did was, oh, what's going to happen when these obstacles come our way? How do we get around? How do we come over these obstacles? Or in some cases, how do you break right through them? See, right? this is what and firefighters do, though. Yeah, they, they break they? right through They like right. to break stuff. That's right. So breaking stuff has its, has its perks. Pretty much, honestly... And this is at a time where our faith was becoming stronger and we just gave it up to God at that point. Wow. And it's great. Now you talked to me a few years ago, there's no way I probably ever would have said that, which is in itself a whole other podcast that we could do. We're actually going to touch on that. That's important. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. And so, yeah, we prayed on it. We're like, is this the right thing? And then what I said was, I was like, look, what's the worst that can happen? If not us, then who? Mm-hmm. And like what we learned wow. in like, you know, the group, I'm um, part of a group of King's Council. King's Council, yeah. Uh, yes. And that's one of, you know, what Coach Riley would always say, if not me, then who? And it's a great philosophy to live by. And what's the worst that can happen? All right, we'll sell the material we got. We'll figure it out. Especially like being a fireman, no one cares about your excuses. Figure it out. Don't, so like, figure it out. And that's what it is, right? And yeah. so like, when you come through those doors, leave all your bull crap outside, being politically correct right now, leave all your stuff outside because no one cares. Like, it's how about are you saving lives in your business. And this is about well, similar saving lives in a different way, right? Correct. With these young students. Right. You don't want to hear from me if your house is on fire. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it. I don't know. Something's telling me I'm a little <laughs> tired. No one cares. Just <laughs> right. do the job. Good and point. now this whole thing came pretty much the same thing for like my kids. It's not who cares, we care, okay? And we saw this whole, between the wokeness, and listen, let's just call it what it is. They're taking God out of everything, right? It's like one of the number one tactics to do, it goes back. It's The thing is, the enemy is smart and they play the long game. And before you know it, holy smokes, you're you're up to your neck in like quicksand. You didn't even know what just happened. We're like, okay, we're trusting on God. We're going to make this thing happen. And that's it. I love your question. And I want to challenge listeners who might be facing an opportunity for a change and they're not quite sure. Do what Joe and Monica did. Ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? And, and I guess if not you, then who? And I think that's a great starting point for taking action. Yeah. And I think that the way that you overcome fear, first of all, you're that these 20 years, like God wastes nothing. Like even being a firefighter, and maybe you're wired that way anyway, because we know you as a friend and maybe you just are. I think you are. But still, you have the mind. You mean crazy, Wendy? You no, not crazy. crazy. Oh, I'll okay. vouch for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy for the Lord. Yeah. No, you're just on on a mission. Like your mind is set. Okay, I'm going to overcome this. Excuse the term, but come hell or high water, we're going to get this done. Just like when we're on the cover of the fireman's calendar. Wait a minute. Oh, wait, wait a minute. What, what were you it looking at? It wasn't the cover. Ah, it was ah, July. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, wait. Were you real? I'm just teasing. Were you really no, on the calendar? Was. I was just kidding. I've never even seen a firefighter calendar, but you were July. Why are you winking? (laughs) No, I really haven't ever seen one, but that's great. Okay. So you're in the (laughs) calendar. Okay. So that's awesome. But that, that could have been a whole nother fear you had to overcome. But the reality is that we want to know, what did you learn from this process of busting through and finding the solution and just going for it? Even when it didn't feel right, you didn't know the next step. What did you learn from this and what can we learn from this? Yeah, maybe even describe maybe an incident that happened where you had to face a real unpredictable situation. You were scared because tell us the story. Paint the picture for us. Yeah. Oh, man. So one thing I definitely learned, you have to stop caring what other people are going to say. Don't let other people's opinions define you or what you can do, especially people 
poor have nothing going on in their lives. It's like that crabs in the bucket, you know, badly trying to pull you down because they then they themselves are don't want to be looked at as if, oh, I'm just too complacent. So that's one thing. One thing, and no matter what you do, whether business, whether it be training for whether it be a fight or an event or anything, there's only those naysayers, right? So you got to get that. Once you get through that noise first, okay, then you have to embrace the journey, which is huge, the ups, the downs. Because if you don't smile when the stuff is down, and that's why being rooted, I think, is paramount. When we hit rock bottom, which we did, whether it be financially or this, so these people left, or you could start to panic. And uh, once you say that there is a, there's a plan, right? There's a plan, and I'm going to get there. And one of the crazy things that happened was, I guess there were people who didn't like the fact that we were operating in our basement, right? Town people came in from the village, and they were going to find us. Like I had to go downtown, I had to talk, and then, and it's hard because. I'm a very loyal person. I'm not trying to badmouth people because things happen for a reason, right? Sure. I'm still praying for the people who've called and or, like we say, New York dropped a dime on us, okay? And mm. it's not like we were doing anything bad. They just didn't like the fact that cars were pulling off and kids and why weren't they in a school? And sometimes when people heard that, oh, it's going to be a little Christian-based, they're like, oh, like, what is this, a cult? Like it, immediately their minds go right to the negative. Time was closing in on us and we had to find a place. We put a bid on a property fell through. Right? I was like, God, if this is ours, then okay, give it to us. If not, take it away quick so I can make a move. Took it away from us. The next day, we had a call saying, hey, you want to check out this property for rent maybe? And I was like, oh, because I was stuck on, I need to buy. Mm-hmm. I wanted control, right? Then I was like, all right, let's not be so close-minded. Let's go check out the lease. We went in and it was on a school that was attached to, a, to an Episcopalian church. I didn't even know what an Episcopalian was. <laughs> Turns out they're like Catholics, that women could be priests and divorce is okay. I don't know, whatever. So they had a school that was closed down. It was exactly like we prayed for something like this, right? I was like, Monica, you know what would be great? Could you imagine if God just gives us something, like whether it be like church and we have land and stuff like that, and it happened, okay? So not only, hold on, so not only did we go there, they had five different classrooms for us that we could lease. Okay, they have four acres, four acre like farm in the back. Now I'm from the city, right? And a farm is like totally Greek to me, but it's awesome, right? You're gonna give me four acres, so a four acre farm where kids can learn how to like grow crops and plant and learn they do. There were beehives in the back, so that in itself was awesome. Huge Hmm. old school gymnasium. So we were like, wow, is this really happening, God? So we sat down, we went through talks, and all of a sudden. Because there was another Montessori school attached to it, they got a little worried that we were going to be a conflict of interest. And so they said they pulled it from. And then I'm like, I'm not cross. I was like, okay, okay. And we were just about to go to the Elevation Worship concert that night. And I had a, like an hour window. And I'm like, I'm going back. I'm like, there's no way I'm going up to that guy who I thought was like the bishop. She said, no, but we have a league. I'm like, I'm going back. I don't care. So like you said, Wendy, like one of something's in my head. I'm like, no. You're like a pit bull dog. I'm like, yeah, a bone. I'm not letting go. Yeah. So I went over there and I said, hey, Brian, can we talk? And it's again, he brings me in his house and he sits down. After I told him everything, he's like, maybe we can make this happen. Sat down, long story short, we met with some bishop a week later and boom, the place is ours. Wow. And not only that, not only that, like they support us, which oh. is great. So if I didn't go back, I, we, would not, we would never have that spot. Wow. And now what wow. we have done, we have the town, the village trying to uh, summons us. 
yeah. were fighting with neighbors who were yeah. you know, like, out of, like, why couldn't you just come to me and talk to me? The perseverance. So, but it's yeah. interesting, Sue. So the opposition that you got for starting on the basement, which was very disappointing and hurtful, actually led you to take action that brought you to a place where you are right now. That you were actually right. praying for. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> It's amazing it's the so way funny. God works those circumstances behind the scenes when we think we've got the right plan going and he shows a better way, which is exactly what happened with you guys. Lots of lessons learned along the process, I'm sure, but you're constantly mentioning your faith that you and Monica have grown deeper in your faith. So why don't you just take us back a little bit to more of the beginning of maybe in your family life, in your growing up years, was there a faith base for you there? And how did this progress to where you guys are today with your faith? So I know for me, I grew up, I'm Italian, half Italian and Irish, half Italian, I don't know if you could tell. So <laughs> my name is Joe from New York. So obviously I had to grow up only Catholic. Yeah, so I went to Catholic school my whole, and there was always, I always had a relationship, air quotes, I guess, with the Lord hmm. and Jesus. My grandma was very religious. My great grandma at the time, they, of course, they wanted me to become a priest. I was like, there. I was like, oh, you gotta look for another grandkid. But so there was something always there, right? But I didn't have a really strong relationship. So a lot of the stuff to me mm. was kind of box checking, superficial. And I thought it's bad. And I was speaking with my mother the other day, and because it's tough walking away from that, it's not, who are you? And I thank them so much for even giving me that foundation. That to me was a foundation because I could have probably been like a lot of the other people that I know who drifted, right? Drifted, who drifted big time. So to me, that was a great, it was a great solid foundation. But then, you know, you get older and you go away. And I just, and I think it was at a time where God was just like, okay, I'm going to start putting one person in your life, one person in your life. And then next year, it just spiraled. And it's so funny what they talk about, like the Holy Spirit. I never knew about the Holy Spirit. I was like, oh, yeah, it's, a, it's like a ghost, right? Yeah, I had no clue. There's no one ever. Well, the Holy Ghost in the South. Uh-huh. So maybe. <laughs> yeah. But there was like, oh, because you, you could just recite things and just say things, right? Yeah. You know, it was a zero relationship. And then, like, when I got born again, and I always thought born again was like, a, ooh, oh, this guy's born again. Like, it was painted as that these people. We're like, uh-oh, they're going to be into cults or they're going to, they were just druggies or alcoholics who need another outlet in life. Huh. So they're going to hit you with the Jesus thing, but they're going to, they're going to go back and drift. So that was my mindset of a born again. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not knowing because you did not know my Bible. You have to become born again. So once that happened, and I guess like the Holy Spirit was like unleashed and just words are jumping off the Bible. And I'm like, what is happening right now? And then Monica came aboard and her life has changed and she's like a prayer warrior now. It's awesome. But don't get me wrong, we're still fighting and you're still, still a normal couple. You're not yeah, perfect. To- you're not fully sanctified just yet, but you're in the process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I love, Joe, is that we've known you for a couple of years and we've seen you and Monica evolve in your faith. And it's so beautiful yeah. to watch. And just the freshness yeah. of your faith is contagious. And and I think about how God really does set people in place. It's almost like he leaves breadcrumbs, right? Mm-hmm. For you to kind of take along the way until you get to where you need to be. And so some of those breadcrumb people, if you will, were in different jobs that you were doing on the side from, I don't know if you want to share Amway, you were involved with Amway, and then with how we met through King's Council and different people have really helped to help support you and keep you guys strong in the faith. And so let's talk about how important that is, because that has changed, I would imagine, the trajectory of both of your faith. Wendy, a thousand percent. And it's so funny how 
how even that whole, and that's another thing, right? So here I was here, my mother-in-law was watching my kids and she, they were stressing her out like crazy. I come home from work, <laughs> I'm all cheerful. And she's just- So apparently they take after daddy quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Loves it. And I was like, okay, let me go. Let's go to the park. We'll all take a walk together. And my kids are like, no, daddy, let's go to this park. I'm like, no, because my mother-in-law loves animals. She's like the animal whisperer. It's crazy. So there was a place that had, had a pond with a whole bunch of swans and stuff. So I'm like, right, let's go, let's go to this place. So we were out there, we're hanging out. I made a couple, whatever, long story short. We started talking. He's an entrepreneur. He was in him as well, which was funny because at first I didn't know. I'm like, oh man, they got us. <laughs> down. But I, because I, I had an idea, but I didn't have an idea of MLM. Right. I was a city worker, by bartender, personal trained, and couldn't, shot, you know, couldn't help out with demolition yeah. and stuff. So when I hear this all of a sudden, and it goes to show too, like why you can't listen to what people say. Mm. Right. Because if I would have listened to everyone else, I never mm. would have followed through with these people. They had a monumental impact on my faith walk. Yeah. My buddy Mike and Dana, and they started doing a Bible study. I was like, what Bible study? What is that? A bunch of men reading the Bible? To me, I thought it was. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh my God, maybe it is a cult. You know what I mean? So you know how the devil works, right? So yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden, got them. So I was probably in it for six months or probably about six months. And I was asking questions and he goes, listen, here's the link. Just maybe listen up. So I, at first I listened from afar and then I was like, well, maybe I'll get a Bible. And then I got like a new, you do the men's study Bible. And because it tells like men how to be men, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so this was before Todd wrote his book where we would be using that book. But so <laughs> Thank you. Wrote, That's right. You know, That's your true textbook. <laughs> yes, okay. Yes. So we started. And then next thing you know, I got in, got involved and all of a sudden I get COVID. Right? Like a few months later. And I'm like, just, it crushed me. And that's one thing I was just like laughing at. I'm like, oh, it got me. You got to ride this for out. I, I have to do it. Go through it. Just shut up. Nobody cares. Go through it. Huh. And all of a sudden, I see an ad for King's Council comes on. And I'm like, like why, not I, why don't I grow my Emily business? Kingdom minded people, entrepreneurs who want to grow. Instead of me reaching out to friends and people who I know aren't going the way I want, let me go here. And then obviously you led the King's Council. That blew my mind. So that was just another thing. I come home, hey, Monica, this is group. It's called the King's Council. And she's like, oh my God, get away from me. Just leave me alone. Of course, I didn't tell her I joined. It's probably not, it's probably not good mar marriage advice, but, but it worked out. God made it work out. So I'm so glad y'all did. We would have never met y'all. Yeah. And I would play the, I would play the, uh, the trainings. And then next thing you know, it hurt ears broke. And just through that, I met you guys and I met so many more people. And what's even more insane is that through that chain of events, right? If I didn't go to that park, if I didn't meet Mike, and if I didn't da 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 da, mm. I am now an investor in AFN the news platform. That's all because of my alliance with the King's Council. So now I'm an investor in a network news organization. So you're doing that. And then also you wouldn't have been inspired, I don't believe fully, and supported to do the school that you and Monica are doing as well. So right. it is amazing and beautiful how God works those people. It's interesting because you guys, right when we met, you were in between things. You oh, yeah. were, do we develop the Amway business? Do I? Monica was going to do a balloon business. Yeah, do, do all she never done. Yeah, yeah what, she did too for a little bit. <laughs> because you both felt at least you were in a place where you knew you had the faith and the courage to make some changes. You just weren't exactly sure yeah. what those changes would be. And I think it's interesting how God sometimes can leave us in a in blank space to bounce around a little bit until we start to develop a real desire for something. And interesting, when COVID hit for you guys, it's that's what God used to really start to hone in on what he wanted your focus and your passion to be toward. 
hence the school that now exists, which is awesome. But as you were going through that process of, is it this, is it that, were there anything, were there any particular circumstances that God brought into play that really immediately shifted you? Was it mostly COVID and that experience, which shifted you away from the other things and into getting the school or because it seems like the both of you aligned really quickly and you yep. accelerated the efforts you were making to establish that school. Yeah. So it wasn't COVID at first because at first, that's like when I first even started with, in particular, I think there, there was a point where we were getting, not getting, we had a few people on our downline and stuff and they would go and they would leave. And I'm like, hmm. oh, what's up? What? I'm like, because I know I'm out there working it. I'm reading, I'm listening. What was great about the whole that whole experience was there getting my mind all of the great tools for you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Great tools, Mm self-confidence. And they were getting me ready to even talk about my business now because you would have to go out and adopt the message or whatever it was and speak to people. And then what I loved is that it was a servant leadership. It wasn't like, oh, we need to get people. Because they'd hear MLM and then that's what you think. The group I was with, they were so positive. They were and it, like they legit cared about the person. Mm-hmm. They said, expect nothing from them, but serve. And it's hard, but it's a hard way to live. And But all of that and people leaving and the, the disappointments and going through stuff prepped us for what we're going through now. Okay. So, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't one specific thing. Yeah. And you kept taking action. Yeah. I think here's what I've seen from others that are taking a pivot in their career is that if they don't know what to do, they just are stagnant and they don't make mm-hmm. a move. You guys were still moving. You guys yeah. were still putting your efforts and keeping things going until God, you know, I guess shifted the path that you were on, but you were still in motion. And I think that's the key there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I, I just want to go back for a minute because I think. I know it's probably a little different for Monica, but in your career, you were up against some real challenges as you were fighting fires. And there were certain things that you put into practice in your life that allowed you to break through. And that's what this is all about, having these breakthroughs, having the courage, and in your case now, developing the faith to believe that God is going to work this out. But just out of curiosity, is there any story you can tell us when you were fighting a fire Can you take us into that scene where you weren't quite sure how it was going to turn out or you were scared or you were thinking, is is this the end? Are we we going to get through this thing? What's going to happen? Paint the picture for us. Take us to that scene. So this is this is my pre-God days. So I don't know if this this is a word. Leave out the the curse words. Leave out the language. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I remember I was a fireman and there was like, I worked in Harlem, right? So which is a rough area and stuff like that. And there was a fire sheet out of the window on the 17th floor. So you pull out and be like, oh boy, we're going with people coming down the elevators. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to stop you for because Wendy wants to know, when you got the fire call, did you slide down a pole oh. before you got the <laughs> she's, always, course, know, huh? she's always curious about that. <laughs> no, I didn't have time. I was putting on my Superman cape before that. There happened. you go. Right, you so, just yeah. flew. You just flew to the yeah. fire. Yeah. You're, right, you're at the scene of the fire. You're looking up yeah. 17th floor, flame shooting now. What happened? Shooting right out, multiple windows. You're like, okay, here we go. So we go in and now you have to wait for the elevators. And sometimes if the elevators are out, you got to huff it up. You got all your gear on. How heavy is that gear? Sometimes it'll go from anywhere from like 90 to 110, 15, depending on what position you have. Wow. 110 pounds? I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. It's like Carrie and Todd. Oh, yeah. I'll get up the stairs. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> and you so, would carry um, me if I needed to be carried, wouldn't you? Of course. Yes, you would. All right. So no, up you so, go. So up we go. And so usually what you do in those big buildings, you always get off two floors below. You never get off on the floor because if, if the doors open up and then the smoke comes in, 
or if the yeah. fire could wrap around because it's looking for any oxygen. And if you go to the floor below, sometimes it's a different layout. Okay. And you might be disoriented. So you always go two floors below and you check the hallways to see, okay, if it's apartment all the way down there, okay, that's how I have to go. And then you walk up the two flights. This happened to be like a long, probably like 75 foot feet from the door. And it's blacked out conditions. If you just close your eyes, that's exactly what you hear. And then you hear people screaming. They were dragging. Uh, I was in the engine at the time, which means that we had the water with the hose, right? So we would have to hook up to a standpipe to, to get the water. The truck guys went in. They were pulling out bodies. They pulled out like a grandma. There was another kid who died who was like about 15, who was like autistic. What they had was it's called a Collier's Mansion, they call it. Pretty much pack rats, right? Where they just hoarders, okay, mm-hmm. is another way. Like you yeah. can't even open the door to get in because they got so much Ugh. crap everywhere, wow, right? Wow. And you can't open the door a little bit. Now you're trying to pull people out, oh. okay? It's getting hotter and hotter. Not only that, it sort of blew out the windows and started going up to the 18th floor. So now the 18th floor goes on fire. They're like, mm-hmm. all right, we got fire on the 18th floor now. There are, so when, what happens is if a fireman goes down or something bad happens, you call a mayday over the air. You know, mayday, mayday, mayday. We have someone out, like you can't find. And then it, then it perks you up. Talk about like your adrenaline kicks in. Mm-hmm. And uh, one boss happened to slide through the door and go over. His helmet gets knocked. Now they can't find him. So now he's in a room that's blazing with no helmet on because it got knocked off. Right? My God, I was... I got knocked off because of the blast of the fire just, or just no, not the blast of just it's just because you're shimmying through anything. stuff yeah they yeah. have like clothes lines and clothes mm-hmm. racks falling on you so you hear you're trying to crawl through stuff and right. boom, you're hit and i don't think yeah. his chin strap was on that uh, tight so the guy who was in front of me now this guy just got back from like iraq was a mm. military guy and his it's called a vibro alert so such the buzz when you're running out of air and his guy was in shape great runner and he's, his thing is like, he's like, dude, I got to go. I got to go. I'm running out of air. We're out of air. So I'm like, oh boy. So then now I move up. Now I'm on the line and it's getting hotter and hotter. And I'm just like, and then that's when I said, I literally had to have a talk with myself. They call it like a, now there's science behind it. It's called a tactical reset. So I literally just told myself, I'm like, Joe, shut the, up. Mm. this is why you train. This is why you, I'm like, slow your breathing down. Breathe. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Listen. And then it just, then there was like a warmth mm. came over me besides the heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were like kind a, of talking to yourself, David. Got yeah, stuff. Yeah. There was like, oh, yeah. And, uh, and it just so happened that like the fire kind of burnt itself out in the one room, which allowed us to go back in and over the piles and hit it with the hose and knocked it down and stuff like that. And then once it's amazing because once it all the smoke lifts, I could literally put you in a closet and spin you around and you're going to think you're in a huge living room because of you. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. There are people who are, you get lost in a closet. Disoriented. Yeah. Yeah. But if I didn't have that, like, come to Jesus moment and say, you got me. This is why I train. This is Mm. why I do what I do. And it all went well. So it, it all turned out well, but you had no idea going in if it was going to turn out well. And I, just as I hear you tell the story, I'm thinking there's some lessons that are surfacing that everybody can apply and that I've seen you and Monica apply even as you've made this transition. And one is once you looked up and you saw the fire blazing, rather than run the opposite direction, you decided we're going up there and we're going to bring some help to the situation. And how many times we starts heating up and, and it looks too run big. the opposite way. We yeah. go the opposite direction. And I think another real key lesson that we all can learn from this, that you had that self-talk, you had that conversation with yourself. 
And while you're having that conversation now about your transition in life, I know you've included God in the conversation. So you're also looking for his response, which I think is just a beautiful way of going forward with his will and his help. And so many other things I know that that we can benefit from just from hearing a story like yeah, that. Anything that. else, Joe, that you can think of just maybe suggest to our listeners? It's true. It's, you asked me about for the people who are stuck, become stuck. Yeah. Stuck Even in that closet. Th- you know, yeah. <laughs> there you go. And then when the that, light- that sounds weird, doesn't it? <laughs> Stuck in whatever room it is. Don't go there. Okay. The mind closet, we'll call it. There you um, go. But when the smoke clears and there's light, you're like, wow, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Mm. Or, or man, I can, wow, that's all I had to do in order to, that's all, I had. it's kind of hard to explain, but my whole point is that it's not that bad. Look at mm. other people in all the <laughs> countries and all the worlds that they're going through. Yeah. Take a shot. You're going to be okay. Uh, We're the greatest country ever. It's going to work out. And if not, it's okay. Fail forward, mm-hmm. right? My biggest thing is you need to surround yourself with people who mm-hmm. want to grow. Yes. And if they're not growing in their faith, finances, fitness. Hello. Yes. Hello. I'm hearing something right? that sounds familiar. Hey, family, yeah. fitness, finance. Yeah. 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 So that, that's, to me, that's my biggest thing. And don't, don't be afraid. That's you so know? good. I love that. Yeah. A fail forward. And that's that shows your courage and your boldness. And that's just who you are as a person. But yeah. I think someone listening, you have really inspired and hopefully encouraged them to yeah. to take a step, yeah. go through that fire, break through and get on the other side of whatever they're dealing with. And if it's not the exact path that God has for you, keep on moving right forward, fail forward, right. and he'll get you on the right path. So cool. Let's wrap this incredible interview up with a fun little snippet about Joe Sheraldo. Give us some fun fact, like something that we don't know about you. Like, give me something yeah, what's interesting. A, what's, what's what do you do? What do you do? Do you, I don't know. Do you, you, dance, you, get, you dance in front of the mirror. Instrument, do you? <laughs> Listen, yeah. the correct answer is I do what my wife says. <laughs> Good <laughs> in case answer. She's right, huh? That's okay. No, I used to box. Oh. So, yeah, I used to box. I took a boxing when I was like 30. What uh, happened? Did you never get hit? It doesn't appear that your face was no, aligned in any way. funny <laughs> story is my nose used to be a little bit, little crooked. And then I uh, fought a southpaw, which is a lefty. And he and straightened it right up. He cracked me. And I heard, and I was like, <gasps> and he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, I'm like, oh my God, I can breathe. I'm like, thank you so much. Hey, listen, there's another life lesson right there. Take the punch. It could turn out better than you think. It it can help you breathe. Oh my goodness. You're so awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So many life lessons here. Anyway, we appreciate you and Monica so much and you sharing your story with us and encouraging our listeners because sometimes we just feel stuck in the smoke and the fog and in the fire and we just don't know how to break through. And you guys are doing great things with this school. And so thank you for yeah, no, no worries. Thank you guys for having me. And another thing, which I never thought I'd say, because especially growing up in the East, everything's a scam. What does this guy want? What do you? Coaching, coaching, coaching is huge. Are you right? promoting it, us right now? This is so nice of um, you to promote um, our coaching. I'm getting a little percentage of that. Todd, we're going to talk about yes, of course. No, <laughs> no, but to me, honestly, coaching, you need those people to guide you. And you can't do this all by yourself. Yeah. A, you need God and you need other people who are smarter than you. You're the smartest person in the room. Get out. Amen. That's, that's All right. Well, how can people word. learn more about your the school that you and Monica have started? What's the website? If you go to Kingdom Montessori, M-O-N-T-E-O-R-I.com. So it's KingdomMontessori.com. You can find that. And then we also, we're doing business as Kingdom Education Center. But if you want to go to KingdomMontessori.com and 
Perfect. You'll find our mission statement, who we are, and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Very good. Wow. We love you guys. Yeah, Thank you do. so much for being a part of your biggest breakthrough and inspiring our listeners. All right. I know we just wrapped up that interview with Joe Seraldo. And so thank you for tuning in. But we wanted to just add a little extra snippet because Joe talked about coaching and mentoring. And hello, we didn't tell you how you could reach out to us if you're looking for a mentor or a coach. Yeah. So if you're a guy, uh, Ed, you would like some help in breaking through a certain area where you're feeling stuck. Maybe that's in your career and you're not quite sure, what am I doing on planet Earth? Anyhow, what's God's purpose for me? I've helped a lot of guys work through that, or maybe it's in some other area. If you just get a hold of me and we can talk and find out if we're a good fit, would love to be able to help you out. Just email me at Todd at ToddIsburner.com. ToddIsburner.com. Yeah, you wrote the book, What Every Man Needs to Know. How to Master Your Faith, Family, Fitness, Finance. Hello. So if you need help in those areas, he's your guy. And if you are a woman looking to get into your next level of health and healing and just wellness, mind, body, spirit, emotionally, then I am your gal. You can email me at wendy at wendypet.com. And if you don't know how to spell my name, then go to a show and you can check it out. I spell Wendy a little bit differently, but again, it's wendypet.com. And let's have a conversation. Let's see if we can start working together because my goal is to get you in your best, healthiest self. So you can- And I've seen her do it lots of times yeah, over again. She'll that's do it. True. Yeah. So anyway, that we want to give you that. And then also we just wanted to encourage you if you haven't already to follow or subscribe to this podcast and also share your favorite episodes with a friend, share it with maybe on your Facebook page, because whatever episode that you were inspired by, I bet you have a friend that it would be encouraging or inspiring for them. So we just want to say thank you in advance for doing that, but do it, please. Thank you. (laughs) All right. God bless. And we'll catch you next time on your biggest breakthrough. Head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment and we would love to dialogue with you there. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.